Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Welcome to Pili, Raul, and La Musica, supported by Sure Microphones and Jack Daniels. For more information, follow us at Pili, Raul, and La Musica. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Feliz Año Nuevo. It is our very special best of Billy, Raul, and La Musica for 2020. And of course, my name is Raul Campos. I'm here with the one and only Billy Montilla and Jose Vargas of Jack Daniels. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Yay! Hey. Feliz Navidad! Tinky, tinky, ting. Feliz Navidad! Tinky, tinky, ting. Merry holidays! Yeah. <laughs> and and Happy New Year! We're officially into 2021. It's so good Merry to have 2020 behind us. Oh, <laughs> yes! Congratulations, guys, on oh, surviving like... 2020. <laughs> we every made day it. I just do we one of those sigh, it. like big breath sigh reliefs. Just like, ah, oh, every day, just let it out. Yep. Let it out. But, you know, something that definitely helped us get through 2020 was music, the family that we've been creating through Pili Raul en la Musica and with Jack Daniels. And, of course, Jack Daniels has helped us a lot get through 2020. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Little drinky drinky. Happy to help. Everybody that sees like now, because I do those bar beat sessions and you see like everything in the background. And sometimes I have all the bottles like just laid out. They're all like, wow, you have a nice little collection of Jack Daniels bottles. <laughs> I'm all like, they're tasty. Well, so did you see like that, that very subtle product placement? Yeah, so product placement. <laughs> it's always, always in the foreground, always in the background, right? Just, uh, keep it there there you go there you foreground go. background every ground above ground below ground <laughs> <laughs> all of it well i'm super excited because i feel like this will definitely become kind of our new year's best of the year episode it's kind of like a tradition now we did it last year and we had such a fun time obviously that time we did it together we were in room number seven back in la um now we're doing it virtually but I love it because it's kind of like a tradition now. I'm super excited to be back here with you guys. I mean, this year was a whirlwind and a blur. And uh, it feels like just yesterday we were, you know, all together uh, at room number seven, sipping on some gold and talking about, you know, an amazing year. And even though this year has been, you know, had just first year's ups and downs, it's also been an amazing year for so many, you know, positive reasons as well, right? A hundred percent. And a lot of these artists that we got to interview and talk with, it was usually around the time when they were releasing music or they had just released music. So even though we were all locked down, so much great music came out by all these artists. And I guess, you yep. know, that just goes to show the power of music and, and just the, the healing powers that it has and gets us through so many things. It's emotional. It takes us on a trip and it's definitely kind of like a savior to, to many. And I want to emphasize again, the family, the community that we've built, because I feel like even though, before the the lockdown, we knew we had something super special going on when we would go into room number seven 
on a monthly basis and interview musicians in front of a live audience and all share an awesome Jack Daniels drink together. There was that family there, but I feel like now during these virtuals that we've been doing, like it seems even stronger. I don't know if you guys concur. Absolutely. Jose, like, what, did you see it evolve this way? Actually, maybe we should start talking about why we made it virtual. We've been doing this now a year and a half, right? Uh, so we started in 2019, right? When we first met and you guys told me what your vision was and what we wanted to both create and do together and kind of highlight and champion some of these stories from, you know, uh, Latin alternative artists. I talked to my Jack Daniels team. We absolutely wanted to jump on board and support something like this. And we had something, I think, truly amazing happening at room number seven. And, you know, with COVID forcing everybody to kind of do a quick, you know, check of, you know, of what's going on and how to operate and, and try to adapt to the new norms. I think uh, with what we've been able to do, what you guys have been able to do with the podcast and take it virtually has, um, you know, been amazing. And I think people see the hard work that you guys are doing and people are excited and yeah, I think it also just brings a, a whole new range of opportunities to do things digitally. I know people the first few months had to adapt to this new digital world that we're all doing, right? But then once you got the hang of it, uh, you know, you're easily, you can easily bridge gaps and oceans and bring fans together with their favorite artists, you know, no matter where they are in the world at any given time. And you got to love technology that allowed us to still stay connected with these people. I think everybody was really looking for any kind of connection, any kind of human interaction. And I think we, we helped a lot of people to, to be able to do this. So they've been really fun and they've been really informative because of a lot of the artists that have been able to open up to us. And I think maybe some of these artists, we probably wouldn't have been able to get them to do a traditional interview at room number seven because they probably weren't coming to LA. So this allowed us to just connect with people all over the world. Right. hundred percent. I mean, we had Javier Amena connecting from Spain. We had Alex Anvanter connecting from Chile. We had Enjambre connecting from Mexico. We had Mr. Power connecting from Miami. Camilo Lara from Mexico. You know, we, you're right. You're right. It definitely opened up doors that we didn't even know needed to be open in a way. It just goes to show how the fan base to a lot of these artists and to the Latin alternative genre just come together, you know, and that it's because there's fans all over the world. And that's the beauty of like what Billy and I do. And then what Jack Daniels does, because Jack Daniels has also had an amazing relationship with music overall. That's right. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, everybody knows, you know, those historic rock and roll pictures with, you know, Keith Richards and a bottle of Jack on the amp rack or Slash from Guns N' Roses having a bottle yep. of Jack Daniels on stage. But we kind of flipped it a little bit and wanted to get to the Latino community. And I look at music as, I mean, just universal in general. And I think whether you agree with it or not, I think what happens in the United States affects the rest of the world, especially when it comes to music. Um, you know, you also have your influences from Europe and what have you. But, you know, in, in the U.S. specifically, uh, you know, the first kind of music brand ambassador unofficially that we ever had was was Frank Sinatra. And at the time, you know, all he drank was Jack Daniels during his career. So whenever he was on stage, he had it, you know, on his writer before a writer was a writer, right? <laughs> he had it on his amp, you know, or his uh, on his saxophone player's, you know, little mantle, wherever they, his big band played, right? Sinatra is arguably one of the best musicians or, or best singers in the world. Um, so, you know, people want to replicate that. People want to copy that. People idolize him. And so that whatever he did, you know, people would wear his suits. They would try to sing like him. If, if he said that Jack Daniels made his, 
throw it a little raspier or is singing a little bit better, like people would go out and get, you know, Jack Daniels. So uh, once he started drinking it and championing uh, the brand, you know, we there was a there was actually a Jack Daniels shortage for a while because so many people started buying it. Right. <laughs> so that trickles down to like the, the next generations. And, you know, you have your rock and rollers and your the, the Beatlemania, the English invasion would have you. But, you know, they were all still, you know, took elements from what Sinatra was doing, what the Rat Pack was doing and what these other great musicians were doing. So as you see the trickle down effect and, you know, 70s and 80s, the, the cool rockers just kept drinking what the cool singers or the people that they idolized back, you know, which so for them on their writers, they started asking for Jack and it really just pushed the brand up to a level to become the best whiskey uh, in the world. So musicians, it's just the relationship that we have with musicians has just been one in one, uh, hand in hand forever. And I think, you know, looking at what artists in Latin America and Mexico and all over, you know, they see what what the artists in the U.S. are doing and they want to do the same thing. So you talk about Jack Daniels with uh, even some of the artists that we interviewed this year and they either already were a big fan or they've already done tours that were sponsored by Jack Daniels in their home countries, right? So, you know, the brand continues to be relevant. The brand continues to support musicians and artists to this day. I mean, I loved it when Mr. Power talked about how Jack Daniels has supported his career ever since he started and how he went on tour with Jack Daniels opening for a bunch of other artists. I loved when Javier Amena in the middle of our yep. interview just popped out a bottle of Jack Daniels. She's like, <laughs> I'm ready for this. Yep. That was really awesome, too. It was great when Clemente Castillo from Jumbo just like showed his little kind of like Jack Daniels trophy. It's like, right. The great thing about it is that it's not pushed. It's not forced. It just flows like music and Jack Daniels. It's a match made in rock and roll heaven. Exactly. And the cool thing is we've been able to have these amazing sessions virtually. I think a highlight for many is learning how to make the cocktail. So you, you've been able to you know, use the different flavors of Jack Daniels, whether it's a single barrel select, whether it's the the Tennessee Fire, whether it's the Apple Jack, you know. But I think you got something special that you want to talk to us about right now. And speaking of Frank Sinatra. So you guys all have a bottle behind you, and uh, I'm sure we'll, sh- we'll we'll share this on our social media so people can see that we're not uh, we're not lying, but uh, we're all drinking a bottle of a uh, well, not the bottle, but we're having a taste of a <laughs> bottle of uh, Jack Daniels Sinatra Select. So. It's a very special bottle, uh, as I mentioned. Well, first and foremost, cheers, guys. Salud, Sita. an amazing year. Salud. Salud, Sita. Salud. An amazing year to come. So this is a very smooth expression of Jack Daniels. So smooth. It's dangerously smooth. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, Sinatra and Jack Daniels have a very long and solidified relationship. Um, so a few years ago, we wanted to do something special for his 100th birthday, I believe. And we created these special barrels uh, with approval from the Sinatra family and estate to create a special whiskey in his honor. Um, I'll do a quick visual and I'll try to talk about what I'm showing you guys. But uh, I'm holding up a piece of uh, a wood that has four different kind of colors of wood on it. Yeah. And there's like the naked oak, the a little bit of toast and a char. So that's normally all barrels have some sort of toast process and a char process. But then we have a machine that cuts grooves inside the barrel. Hmm. after it's been charred. So when we do that and we put the whiskey into the barrel, it's going to get the flavor not just of the char, which you normally would get, but you're going to get the flavor of the toasted wood and also the naked oak. So that's why it's a really complex uh, flavor profile with a lot of the, it's the same ingredients and same recipe as, as Jack Daniels, but putting in that barrel just changes the flavor profile completely. And so uh, when you taste it, 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 it has that same kind of Jack Daniels, you know, corn taste, banana flavor. 
Um, but uh, it's you know it's a whole other level of uh, smokiness and um, smoothness, yet complex from those different layers of the barrel. Is it left in the barrel for longer? It's aged a little bit longer. Um, so normally, Jack is a blended of barrels from like anywhere from four to six, and this is going to be like six and higher. Got it. Wow. Well, it tastes delicious. Yeah. If you guys want to start your new year with a very nice spirit, we highly suggest the Jack Daniel Sinatra. Está riquísimo. Oh, yeah. It's so delicious. tasty. It's... And I love that the box, the packaging is beautiful as well. There's even a cool little book. And I was reading the little booklet yep. that comes in there, and it just says uh, special barrels. It doesn't go into the specifics. Yep. So so thank you for sharing a little bit of that because that was actually going to be one of my questions is what makes those barrels so special? Yeah. And there you have it. The book and the packaging on the bottle is, is very premium. It's very unique. And inside that little booklet, uh, whenever anybody listening to this buys a bottle, uh, it, there's photos of you know Sinatra drinking Jack and pouring a shot for I think uh, Dean Martin, uh, you know, the rest of the Rat Pack, etc. in the um, in the book, so it's it's a it's a true story, it's authentic story, and that's one of the things that we you know the brand Jack Daniels likes to do is to be authentic and support authentic initiatives and authentic stories like what you guys do with Pilaro um, en la Música. You know this from the bottom of our heart. We're so thankful to you and for Jack Daniels for believing in our project and más que nada believing in la música latina. Absolutely. So talking about that, you know, we've had a very challenging in many ways but also awesome year which was 2020 and we ended up doing 12 Jack Daniels Presenta Pira en la Música nine of them were virtual hey I would say let's go over those episodes that we really loved this year um, especially the virtual ones let's get into the best of 2020 de Pira en la Música let's do it I'll kick things off if you guys don't mind. Yes, no, please do. So uh, let's talk about some of the drinks we made this year with some of the special episodes. So, I mean, one of the things that we were doing at room number seven was we always try to tailor the cocktail menu to the artist I was performing. So we always try to plug in either names or ingredients or inspirations from the artist. So as we shifted over to the world of COVID, I wanted to do something along the same lines with you guys. And so why not show people how to make cocktails from home? But at the same, I tried to keep everything simple so that you could find ingredients in your in your pantry, in your cupboard, in your kitchen. Especially the first few months, nobody was going out even just to buy groceries if you, if you could even find toilet paper, right? <laughs> so, you know, certain things were still, uh, you know, limited release or some limited find back in those days. But, um, you know, some of the drinks that I tried to incorporate had, you know, simple ingredients like simple syrup, which you can make at home, lemon juice, lime juice, orange juice, etc. Things that people have in their house. And so one of my favorite cocktails that I came up with uh, and shared with you guys was Corazón Astral with Javira Mena. And that one was just a riff on uh, what's called the raspberry smash. So it just has mint, raspberry, lemon juice, whiskey, and a little raspberry to muddle in there. And you have a whiskey smash. To machacar in there? Yeah, <laughs> you have to muddle it, machacar it in there. Uh, <laughs> even Javier Mena said that that's actually one of her favorite cocktails when she's, uh, you know, traveling abroad or what have you, right? Yep. And she had all the ingredients to make it home. Yeah, she was so into it. Like, she goes, hold, hold on, hold on. I got to go get this. I got to go. Wait, wait, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> she, <yeah. laughs> she was, was so, so cute. cute. It was yeah. awesome. It was so awesome. Este es un cóctel que normalmente se conoce como un whiskey smash. Y la razón por que le hicimos un smash es porque vamos a smash unos este, blackberries y menta. ¿No? Uh, entonces, uh, van a necesitar menta, blackberries... Simple syrup. Si no tienen simple syrup, se puede hacer con azúcar regular, jugo de limón y Jack Daniels. Si están listos, vamos a empezar. Cool. Uh, vamos a agregar un shaker. Si no tienen un shaker, pueden usar un vaso más que tenga tapadera. 
Uh, voy a agarrar dos blackberries. Después que pones los blackberries en tu vaso o tu shaker, agarra unas hojas de menta. ¿Cuántas? Uh, unas tres, yo usé. Ok. También pensé, eh, mucha gente empezaron sus como jardines en su casa y mucha gente puso menta. Entonces ya dije, ok, voy a usar ingredientes pues, de la casa, ¿no? Nice. Bueno, ya que está dentro de tu vaso, lo quieres quebrar un poquito. Ok, para que saque todos los uh, jugos y sabor de la menta y los blackberries. Ok. Si no tienes un muddler, puedes usar un shot glass y usar la parte de abajo. Vamos a empezar con el simple syrup. Otra vez, esto es nomás igual partes agua a azúcar. Para este vamos a usar como tres cuartos de una onza. Si no tienen un jigger, pueden usar un shot glass again y es como mitad de un shot glass. Ok. Simple syrup. Ahora tu jugo de limón. Igual, como uh, tres onzas y medio. O okay. este, mitad de un shot glass. Y... Vamos a acabar con Jack Daniels Old Number 7, uh, dos onzas o un shot glass entero. Van a agarrar su hielo. Javiera, me contó Raúl que eres fan de Jack Daniels. Sí, a mí me gusta este drink. Además tengo unos amigos que también trabajan en Jack Daniels Chile y han hecho un montón de eventos. Ah. Así que le tengo mucho cariño a este whisky. Cool. Sí. Me gusta mucho el de la abejita, ese que es bien dulcecito. Sí, ya, ah, qué bueno. Ay, pues. ¿Cómo se llama? Honey. Uh -huh. Jack Honey. Honey. Sí. That's dangerously right. good. Yes. <risa> ya que tienen su hielo adentro, le dan un shake. Y para acabar, lo pones en. Ya, yeah, y pour it out into tu vaso. Okay. Y mira nomás ese color. Por eso Beautiful. Dijimos un corazón astral. Astral. Wow. A ver, vamos a probarlo. A ver. Saludos a todos. Salud, salud. ¡Salud! Mm, refrescante, justo lo que necesitaba para ahora. ¡Salud! Yay, ¡Salud! <risa> ¡Salud! Ok, José, so that was your favorite drink. Mm -hmm. What was yours, Raúl? My favorite drink that we did in the virtuals was the beverage with Clemente Castillo, which was the Tootsie Pop. And... When I first tasted the Jack Daniels Tennessee apple, I was all like, whoa, this is dangerous because it's so tasty. So when you said you were going to make a drink using that uh, Jack Daniels apple, I was all like, okay, this is going to be cool. You know, and then you threw us a few curveballs. You said, you got to have a, a, a Tootsie Pop. You have a lollipop. You got to get one of those right. Tootsie Pops. And so I'm all like, okay. So I grabbed a Tootsie Roll, you know, one of those two. And then there was a little bit lost in translation, which I thought was hilarious, but it still yeah, worked out. That one was a fun one for me to, to R&D. <laughs> Uh, you know, to, to kind of come up with because, because uh, yeah, I grew up here in California. Uh, so, you know, my Spanish is always kind of Spanglish, right? So when I first heard, uh, you know, those songs from Jumbo, I always thought a Tootsie Pop was like a Tootsie Roller or like, a, you know, uh, the, the chocolate, the chocolate center Tootsie Pops that, you know, I'm used right. to here in the United States. And my girlfriend who's from Mexico City was like, no, it's, you know, it, a Tootsie Pop is like strawberry flavored and whatnot. So like the first cocktails I was trying to come up with were all chocolate based. <laughs> and she said that and I'm like, oh, now I got to change up the whole thing. Like, Oops. So I had to go back to the drawing board and, um, you know, the final product, as you said, it, like I, it, I was looking for something that was going to taste like, like a Tootsie Pop. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I figured why not make it a little bit more fancier than, uh, 
kind of what I was what I started off with, and that's when I added the garnish of like the actual Tootsie Pop with you know some cherries. It made it so cute. Yeah, that was really cool because yeah. the the stem of the of the lollipop had the the cherries jammed into it, and it it looked really yep. cool. And then of course the flavor of the cherries with the apple, and then even the little bit of Sprite that was included. It was just a tasty, tasty drink. And they've all been really good. Some of them have been really simple, which are kind of mm-hmm. like a play on some classic cocktails like the Whiskey Mule or the Old Fashioned, you know. But some of these have been like, wow, okay, you're taking it to the next level, Jose. So yeah, my favorite was definitely mm-hmm. the 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 Tootsie Pop. And again, that was with Clemente Castillo. Castillo's episode, which is episode number 36. And again, fun episode. Check them all out. They're all archived on all your favorite platforms, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Deezer, Pandora, you name it. They're all everywhere. So, Pili, okay, which one was your favorite drink? So, my favorite drink was Sobrevolando, which was Cultura Profetica's episode. And the reason was, and I have to thank you, Jose, for this, because I don't know if you did it on purpose or not, but Cultura Profetica's Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. And you used a lot of tropical flavors for that drink. And it just reminded me of being in Puerto Rico. So it kind of like me transportó a mi isla, which I thought was super special. And the ingredients for that, again, named Sobrevolando, which is Cultura Profetica's new album, which actually won them their first Latin Grammy this year. And they're nominated for a Grammy Nice. So let's cross fingers for Cultura Profetica. They win that Grammy in January. So Jack Daniel Sobrevolando has Jack Daniel's Tennessee honey. Tiene jugo de naranja, jugo de piña, so orange juice, pineapple juice, coconut water, a little bit of bitters, um, a little bit of ice, y mucho amor. And I just loved it, especially with the coconut water. You know, it reminded me of being in La Plaza del Mercado in Santurce, where I would go to this um, little joint called El Coco de Luis. And he would serve my favorite drink, which is Coco Loco, which is basically just Jack Daniels, ice, and coconut water. It's super refreshing. So if you live in an island like Puerto Rico, boom. You're hydrating yourself with the coconut water. That's right. (laughs) And also getting a really nice island vibe. You're getting vitamins from, uh, you know, the orange juice and uh, the the lemon juice and everything else. You know, it's all natural. It's an organic drink. Yeah, no, I I try to create something, again, trying to stay within the parameters of, you know, what's what's in everybody's pantries at home, right? Uh, But then obviously try to make something unique for for every episode so that, you know, it goes in line. So once you guys told me that we were going to interview Cultura Profetica, I'm like, all right, I need it. In In my mind, I'm like... Caribbean, tropical. So that's those were the flavors I was uh, I was going for. So I'm glad you liked that one. Thank you, Jose, for really putting a lot of thought into these drinks. We noticed how much work and and thought and time you put into confectioning these drinks. So they're perfect for the artist and for us to make at home. All right. So if you guys listen to Pilita on la Musica, you know that we always have Las Siete Preguntas de Jack Daniels. The seven questions of Jack Daniels. And the seventh question is always a question that the artist previous to that episode had left for that artist, not knowing who the artist is. And it's super fun because everybody always leaves like a really esoteric, spiritual question. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to ask you guys, what was your favorite best Jack Daniels question number seven? Raul, you want to go first? You want... Sure, I'll start it off. Uh, and the, they're funny because like Billy just said, they think about it so much. And then when we, we turn it on them to answer their own question, they're like, 
what? Wait a minute. I have to answer it. Not only do I have to come up with the question, then I have to answer it. So it's kind of a cool curveball. I know because they go into, they start thinking like, <laughs> okay, let me leave a really, really hard question. Yeah. Right. And then we're like, oh, that's a great question. What would you do? And they're like, oh, wait, yeah. wait, we have to answer? Again, it's one of those moments that, that happens right then and there because they, first of all, they have no idea about these seven questions and what we're asking and who's going to ask it. So when it comes up like that, it's like, huh, all right. So... It was a deep question, and it was one that was left by Alex Anwanter, and his episode was number 27, which you can check it out once again. But he left uh, the question for the next artist, which was going to be Javier Amena. And the question that Alex left is, what do you think is being authentic in music? And I'm all like, oh, that's cool. That makes, you know, to me, that that makes a lot of sense because so many artists have to kind of stay true to themselves and not, you know, not try to do something just just to do it or just to sell records. They want to stay true to the music. And I dug what, what Javiera said. And she talked a lot about how, you know, the music that, that really inspired her and that she loved growing up was something that she wanted to be able to in the future once she started releasing music it's like okay did she accomplish that goal of staying true to that music that she loved growing up years down the road and that's the way she stayed authentic to her music and I thought that was just just beautiful way to explain you know the artistry behind making music. My favorite uh, question that somebody left for somebody was, uh, and I think I like the answer better than the question itself. Uh, Mr. Power uh, in episode 24 asked, uh, what's your mission as a musician and what's the, the heritage and legacy that you will uh, leave behind? And uh, I think I really, really liked uh, what Buscabuya had to say about it. Um, in the next episode, I think it was 25. Um, you know, they talked about how, you know, they, they take so much pride uh, and being Puerto Rican and they want people to, you know, look at Puerto Rico a different way or, or if they can do anything with their music is just, you know, give a little bit of, you know, Puerto Rico, their, 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 their home place that their home to, you know, to their listeners and to the, you know, the people in the world. So I think, you know, that says a lot about, you know, somebody's authenticity and, um, you know, the, 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 the level of love that they have inside of them and the, and the energy that they put into their music uh, to show off that pride, you know, to, to where they're from. Yes. And actually, my best Jack Daniels question number seven was from Buscabulla. And the question that they left was, what do you think makes music good? The reason I chose this question is because the simplicity of the question is actually complex. If you think about this question, what makes mu music good? You, like, seems like a very simple question, but it's actually a very deep question. Totally. Like, even I was thinking about that as like, because we love so many different styles of music. It's like, how do you distinguish what makes it good or not good? And it's so subjective when you answer that. But I think at the end of the day, going back to what Jose was saying, too, is authenticity, which is something that Alex Anvanter talked about, too. It's like, yeah, as long as yes. you're authentic, music is going to be good, at least for someone. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, mm -hmm. not every music is for everybody. Not everybody's going to love the same music, which is great because we like variety. But if you stay authentic and true to yourself, people will listen. Absolutely. So the next thing that we're going to get into is the funniest moment from an episode. And I guess, Billy, why don't you start it off for this one? What was your funniest moment? I had a couple of them, but this one just really stood out. 
Um, so the funniest moment from an episode was, again, from Cultura Profetica. And the reason was because they like the way that they delivered it was super funny. It kind of explains <laughs> the brotherhood that they have as a band. And it also explains how fans can be hilarious. So Juanqui, who's a keyboard player for Cultura Profetica, he was the one that answered this question. And the question was, um, what's the backstage anecdote that you can tell us about? You know, Cultura Profetica has played for Vive Latino and a bunch of different festivals and all over Latin America and Central America. So, like, just give us, like, a good backstage anecdote. And people usually talk about, oh, you know, I met Bjork and, you know, she was awesome. Or I met someone special backstage or... I took too many drugs or, 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 you know, that's kind of like the route they go. The typical stories. Right, exactly. The typical rock and roll backstage stories. Well, Juanqui goes, we were in Peru and we were waiting for Willie, who's a singer of Cultura Profetica. And as Willie came walking, we hear this lady and he said, she was an older lady. And she screams, <laughs> Willie, te chupo las bolas. <laughs> And I was like, did you just seriously tell us that? That is the best story we've ever heard. Basically, it translates to, Willie, I will suck your balls. Mano, la más graciosa es una que le pasó a Willie. Gracias a Dios no me pasó a mí. Estábamos en, en Perú esperando a que Willie llegara o alguien en la guagua. Ese que Willie se monta. De repente, hay un montón de fans afuera. Una señora, era como mayor, Abre la ventana y dice, Willy, te chupo las bolas. Así, oh. Pero Todo bien el mundo gritado. se cayó a la bien vez. Gritado, no. Bien gritado. Bien gritado. Esa historia es para mí, yo creo que es la que se llevó él. No, pero lo que, lo que yo quiero saber es, Juan, que, eh, Willy, ¿qué dijiste? Ah, Todos nos, en verdad, no hubo ni, no se pudo decir nada. Todos nos meamos de la risa, pero porque fue así como... El profesor lo organiza, ¿sabes? Fue así ah, mismo. Sí, como sí, que, sí, todo sí. el mundo se cayó y se escuchó eso. Se escuchó ella sola. Ahí como que había un grito, un, un montón de gritos, gritos, y de momento salió ella diciendo eso. Y fue como que... Muy heavy. Y, y en Argentina también, un concierto súper emotivo, un momento en que estábamos todos de que casi llorando, así de que esta energía tan bella, y se escucha un chamaco... Willy, haceme un hijo. Los mejores fans, los sí, sí, fans. And this is coming from a, from a fan. She really wanted you know. to meet Willie and his balls. Rock and roll. Rock and you roll. Know? There you go. That's but I love that I love that they even talked about it. Era una señora de de una cierta edad when he said it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, okay, all right, it's all good. They were trying to keep it uh, politically correct until the bolas. Right, exactly. And then he also said about a fan in Argentina that said, "Willy, te hago un hijo." Like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make a baby for you, which is kind of funny too. But the bolas ones definitely wins for me. Yeah, no, that was good, Jose. What about you? What's your funniest moment? My favorite funniest moment would have to be uh, from Clemente Castillo, number 36, uh, the machaca moment. So <laughs> that was, for anybody that was listening in that day, I mean, we must have said that word 100 or 200 times, like without, with ease, because. I know, it wasn't even forced. You know, I think it all started because I was trying to show people how to make the cocktail, you know, right? And I needed to muddle the cherries that were in the, the cocktail. And again, you know, being Mexican American, you know, my Spanish is Spanglish, 
for the most part, right? So like the certain words, I, 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 I don't know, right? Or I make them up, right? Like, you know, so um, I was trying to say how to muddle. I think that interview we were, we were predominantly in Spanish. Y entonces batallé para encontrar la palabra of like, entonces vas a poner la cereza aquí y la vas a muddle, así. And you guys were all like, yeah, totally. And Clemente, I'm like, Clemente, how do you say, how do you say muddle? And finally, like, I think I had already done like three other cocktails in three other virtuals of like muddling stuff and like nobody corrected me. And I think Clemente finally like, oh, yeah, se dice machacar. And like, well, I don't know why. We just, we could not stop saying that word for the rest of the episode. There's even going to be a song called the machaca. Right. right. According to Clemente, there's yeah, going to yeah. be a song called the Machaca. I mean, towards the end of the interview, he was like, you know what? I'm just going to write a song called Machaca. I'm like, okay, only if you give the three of us credit, though. <laughs> so now That's we know Machaca. <laughs> That's a good one. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Raul? So so for me, um, I, I'm a total like geek and nerd when it comes to like equipment and stuff like that. And... There was an, the episode with Enjambre, which is the latest one that we did. And that was uh, number 38 that you can check. It's the most recent one. But Luis Humberto um, is the singer. And he always holds the microphone in hand when he's performing. But we were talking a lot about like when they first started and playing at smaller little clubs, didn't have the best sound or, you know, maybe had some electrical issues. And because he would be singing and he and he would sweat, he would start to create like this kind of electricity to the mic and start to get shocked himself but because the in a true you know showman he's all the show must go on i gotta keep going i suck it up and i hold the microphone and i still sing right but because back then you know the the fans were like really close up right up on them so they would like reach their hands you know to try to shake his hand and everything so he would shake their hand and he would actually shock them so he the way he was explaining it, the way the the, the the fans were looking at him like, wow, this guy like is so amazing. He's like shocking us with his with his hands. And I with thought that was talent. Uh, yeah, I his thought that energy was is electrifying, <laughs> electrifying. Yeah. So I thought that was awesome. I mean, because I can relate. I've been to so many gigs where it's like shady equipment. You know, you have like extension cords all plugged in like to one outlet and it causes you know, especially if you're having a drink or you're sweating or your hands get moist or whatever. It's like, yeah, you start to feel like shocks and stuff. So I could just imagine what those <laughs> fans were feeling when they would touch him and they he, they would get shocked. It's like, wow, this is amazing. So what I thought a showman, cool. a true showman. The show must go on. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm getting shocked, but I'm still going. <laughs> I love that. See. It's a little side note, but I think there was one episode, and I don't think this made the cut. It's like, you know how we play music as people are going in, See? you know, coming yeah. into the virtual? See? I was playing stuff off my Spotify, but I wasn't logged into my pro account. And oh, it, was, yeah. it was playing commercial. <laughs> and I couldn't hear it. So I'm all like, what do you mean? The Home Depot, whatever. They go, yeah, we're hearing commercials in the meeting. I'm all like, oh. I remember. No, and when Enjambre, you were playing Soe, and Enjambre goes like, that's not us. Oh, yeah. And I, that was another thing. I'm all like, oh, my God. Spotify just was not like, my no, friend on certain Soe, episodes. You're playing I was Soe. getting text messages. It's playing Soe. I'm all like, I'm playing nothing but Enjambre. It's like, oh, no. So anyway, you know, you got to love technology. You know, we we embrace it because it's allowed us to do these, um, 
these these amazing episodes but it's it's a learning process and, and we've we've had to deal with some technological you know mishaps throughout the way but everybody understands and we we go on but yeah commercials playing the wrong band's music i'm like way to go raul way to be pro way to be pro people not even, being... even pro djs have bad days exactly people not being able to log like you know, it, it was a whole new world for us when we started with these virtual events, and it was definitely uh, a process to learn everything. So <laughs> for those of you who are a lot, who keep coming, because we have like at least 10 eh, consistentemente que, que, que vienen y, y escuchan los virtuales. I mean, mm -hmm. thank you for your patience, you know, thank you for yeah. just hanging on and understanding that this was a new world for us. I think we have it mastered a little. Siempre, there's always room so for, for improvement. And we're still learning. We're still learning. It's not perfect. <laughs> but I have to say my favorite part of doing the virtuals is when we go, okay, we're going to open up the room now. And suddenly our screens, our Zoom screens, start popping up like all these like really cute pictures of everyone and their pets and like people dressed with like Jack Daniels attire. People are cheering. Like for me, that's like, okay, we're creating something really unique here. This is like yeah. a community of really awesome music lovers. We don't know most of these people. Most of you seem like strangers, even though you're like family now. It's like doing like, you know, when we were doing real events or when we were doing events at room number seven, it's like, okay, you know, we're, we always get there an hour or two ahead of time to do the sound check and the load in and the prep and everything. Uh, and then we all have that moment where we all look at each other like, okay, guys, are we ready to open doors? Yep, and we We're cheers. Good. We always we, had a little. Mm -hmm. We always cheers. Yep. And then, you know, as soon as we opened the door, we had a line out the door, uh, you know, for people to come in. And we, we all said hi to everybody coming in. So same thing, you know, Zoom and the pandemic and the technology that's come out in the pandemic has allowed us to, in some ways, you know, at least replicate that or or keep some sort of that feeling alive so the same thing is we all jump on half an hour before the the zoom call so that we're all you know get our technical difficulties you know sorted out and then we all look at each <laughs> other and we okay guys let's open the door let's and do it. Our, our zoom call goes from you know four people to 60 to yeah. 100 people etc yeah it's so fun. instantaneously like Say, as soon yeah. as like, you bop, bop, open bop, bop, it bop, up bop, 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 they just populate, which is really cool to yeah. see. And, you know, there there have been some times where we actually delayed a little bit because we were having some technical snafus. But, hey, comes with the territory, right? See, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> we're being real it here. All right. So now let's move on to the best quote from an episode. Do you guys have a best quote? Sweet. I do. Okay. What is it? My favorite best quote was from Camilo Lara. Episode was at 22. During the interview, he was talking about, obviously, uh, you know, him as Mexican student sound and all his musical career. Uh, but one thing that really jumped out at me was when he was talking about how, like, his mom never really knew what he did for a living or, like, respected him as, like, a musician until he, like, was in Coco and, like, was, like, the credits in Coco. The first one, that my mother believed me I was a musician. That was very important to me. And You're second like, finally, one, mom, oh. I can tell you, yes. I convinced no, you. No, because it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, Raul, Raul probably feels, uh, has the same problem with uh, his mom. Like, uh, I think moms don't understand that DJs uh, or musicians that don't play guitar or being like typical musicians are musicians. So <laughs> I, I, I was, I, I'm being a musician for many, many years. And my mom was like, what do you do with uh 
like those instruments and what like he was she was very but don't take it that far so, i mean i'm not a musician i'm a musician wannabe but my mom does my mom and my dad may he rest in peace but they didn't really understand what i did either only when they saw me like on magazines or on television they'll be like oh that you do that but they i get it i think when you're in the arts And, and and when you're a creator and in the arts world, people don't really understand what you do. I'm sure when you got the the Emmy Award, <laughs> like your your family was like, "Oh, now I know yes. what Pili does." My mom, my mom was like, "Oh, okay." Yes, I feel the same. And I feel like, especially with like Latinos, you know, especially for, you know, first generation Mexican Americans or what have you, like. You know, it, I don't know to this day if my dad knows what I do. You know, he, he <laughs> <laughs> you know, so un, uh, until I win, until I win a Grammy or an Oscar, yeah, exactly. he's like, uh, See, you know, whatever. I, I don't think you know, like so, my, my parents were like, wait, what, what do you, what do you do? A menos que me, si me veía en la televisión o me veía un right. magazine cover, ahí era como que, ah, okay, we kind of understand now. Yeah, right. <laughs> But if not. I endearingly call Billy superstar that that's my nickname for her even in my phone like when i first got your number and i punched it into my phone i didn't even put your full name i just put superstar I love <laughs> and that. i'm like that's who you are oh, so. i appreciate that so much <laughs> thank you I so really what is that. what is your favorite quote then pili so my favorite quote comes from javier amena and it's trato de encontrar la mezcla de lo más inconsciente con lo cotidiano so i try to find the perfect mix between the unconsciousness, and the daily life. And the reason I chose this one was because, again, I think, and this is unconsciously, I'm going back to authenticity. I think it was the way of a musician letting us know that that's how she wants to connect with her audience in the most simple way. She, right. uh, For me, that's in a simple way. She's saying, my goal as a musician is to connect with my audience. How can I do that? Maybe if I go too philosophical or esoterical, no one will understand me. So I'm going to try to m mix these worlds so I can do what I want to do creatively, but my audience understands me. And I think that was the, the first time that we did some day drinking, right? Because yeah. of the time change. <laughs> She was in Spain. She was, yeah, so right? it was like 9 p.m. in Spain and like 11 a.m. for us. <laughs> Yeah. We're like, all right, sure. day drinking. Here we go. <laughs> liquid lunch, liquid lunch. I'm all for yeah. it. And the main quote that I was going to pick was also kind of related to that because it's the for every episode that we that we put out in the title, we actually put a quote that the artist and the guest said. So for Mr. Power, it's the quote is very simple and it's very direct. And for me, it resonated because being a DJ myself. It's the whole idea. I want to be connected with joy and bring joy to people. Now, that might have been too easy to pick because it's the one that's there. But there's another line that he said also later on in the episode. And we're talking about Mr. Power, episode again, 24, where he goes... And this is something that I can relate to as well because I love to play different styles of music. And this is the quote from Mr. Power. I was too Latino for the gringos and too gringo for the Latinos. And I'm all like, that like encapsulates my entire career as a DJ. Same. You know, because it's like, we, 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 we kind of dance that line 
of the two cultures for somebody like Mr. Power, who we consider to be fairly successful, you know, but I've been DJing for years and, <laughs> you know, and, and he what has as well. Again, so, Raul? Sorry, what was that? Oh, did, you didn't catch how many years that was? That was yeah. yeah, it was sometimes you're a little too gringo for the Latinos and sometimes a little too Latino for the gringos. And people couldn't quite figure him out at the beginning because he was meshing all these styles, which is what we love to do. We, you know, I, I think that goes to to show like us three, how we love so many different styles of music, whether it's Latin music, alternative, uh, new wave, hip hop, urban, reggaeton, you, you name it, whatever it is. You know, we're fans of it all and we try to mesh it together. And some people just... Don't quite understand that until it's like, oh, yeah, it takes a while. And then people finally get it. It's like, oh, yeah, he actually had to create his own genre of music. He calls it electropico. You know, now he's like the godfather of that genre because now other people are starting to to embrace that and fuse those different styles. So to me, that that was the quote. And that's a very relatable quote for a lot of us, because even mm -hmm. now, Jose was like, oh, yes. I can relate. And you know, he's not a DJ. And I said, I can relate and I'm not a musician either. I think as members of the U.S. Hispanic community, a lot of us can relate to that. In my case, obviously, because of the way I look physically, rubia, de ojos claros, gringos can't understand that I'm Latina and Latinos are like, wait, no, like the th I confuse everybody. So I understand, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a relatable quote. I grew up in the suburbs. And so in the suburbs, you know, the only Latinos there were the the landscapers and the, the the help you know the going to high school over there it's like i played football so when i try to hang out with like the latinos or the mexicans like they were into you know being gangbangers and hip-hop at that time and i wasn't into that and then on the football team you know all the all the gringos were like shouldn't you be playing soccer and i'm like no <laughs> dude i'm like you know i'm like no <laughs> they like the the first day of practice you're like oh you'll you'll be the kicker and i'm like no i want to hit somebody i want to i want to <laughs> i want to play you know um so definitely can relate to that you know growing yeah. up in, in southern california great quote that was great one you know billy you talk about being esl i also you know, was also Same. ESL in, in growing up in elementary school. And that was kind of a thing, you know, but later on getting into like middle school and high school, it's like you almost kind of shunned a little bit about the Latino culture. And I think that happens quite a bit with students and teenagers where you want to just kind of be with the in crowd. And and it wasn't until later, like in, in at university, when it's like, no, you really embrace your culture and what it's about and the beautiful thing that it is. And now, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad I did meet some of those people and, and discover you know, and really embrace my roots, you know, because that too, I mean, I didn't start speaking English until I was like five. And that was because playing with the kids down the street, you know, my mom would say like, <laughs> how do you understand what he's saying? We're just playing, you know, I was like, oh yeah, we want to kick the ball. Okay. You kick the ball. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's amazing. You know, when you, you take away kind of those stereotypes and, and the things that kind of block you, you can just communicate with people. And I think that goes to show the power of music and how it just crosses all genres, it crosses all barriers, all races. And that that's what we try to do with Pili Raulan La Musica. It's like just just try to connect with good music, good people that are here for the same reasons. You know, hearing some of these funny stories and these quotes, and I, I think it just goes to show that, like Billy said, it's like we're doing something 
pretty special here. And we're so glad that you support it and you listen to it and you download the podcast because really, you know, it's what it's about. We're just connecting with you, the audience, and, you know, people around the world that are fans of the music. Kind of piggybacking off of all all the being Latino, trying to do things that are authentic and staying true to ourselves. Uh, one of my favorite episodes was the episode with Clemente Castillo. Uh, Clemente was 36. So that one for me was special in a few different reasons. Um, I've been a longtime fan of Jumbo. Um, I consider myself lucky that I can call Clemente a, a, a personal friend. And that I think I made the introduction uh, between you guys and him and to consider having him on the show. You know, I, I grew up here in Southern California watching like LATV back in the day and Jumbo and, and uh, you know, bands around that time were, you know, some of the, the first videos I ever saw it with bands speaking in Spanish was, you know, Siento Que and, and Rockstar and, and, you know, all these bands. Before this job, I used to work for the Hard Rock Hotels and I got to meet Clemente when he stayed at, at my hotel. And so we became friends from there. It was also special for me because when you guys have, you know, you guys obviously are at the at, at the at the foreground of, of this of this series. You guys are interviewing the artists, and so I, I come on and I talk about you know cocktails and kind of Jack Daniels, and I appreciate that, and and I truly uh, appreciate every moment of it. But this one was special because you guys, you know, threw a couple questions to me. So you guys, <laughs> you know, you guys have always been, you know, uh, you know, in in the in the pilot seat, being the you know, the the Jimmy Kimmel, and I'm kind of the Guillermo on the side, you know. Um, <laughs> So, and I love that you weren't even ready. You weren't even, you're like, no, it was like yeah, a curveball. I, I felt like, Jose, you know, you're a fan of, of, of Clemente and Jumbo. Go ahead, ask him a question. I was kind of ready, but I was like, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. And then, boom, he Raul did. was like, Jose, and what do you think? And I'm like, totally. So, anyways. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, the truth is that when we do the virtuals, it's Billy, Raul, Jose, and La Musica. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody recognizes you now. Like, you're third host. I'll be, I'll be the Guillermo for Billy and Raul, La Musica. Love it. I don't, I don't mind it. All right. So that was your best episode. What was yours, Raul? This was a very difficult one. You know how even asking the artist like what their number one song is, you know, when we asked them to sing the seven seconds of the of the song, this one was really difficult for me picking my favorite one. And I, I think I have to go with Mr. Power. And it's because of the, the DJ background. But it was a toss up between Alex Anwanter because I, I, I love how true and genuine he is and all the stuff that he had to overcome, being gay, being Latino, being from Chile, you know, and everything else. But if I had to pick my favorite one, it has to be Mr. Power because of in the DJ background and a lot of ways that I can relate with him, just how tough it was. I mean, he came from a rock background and he said, you know what? I'm going to change up. I'm going to go back to ground zero and just start over again and do like electronica stuff and be be DJing and then start incorporating percussion elements and then hooking up with other musicians and other singers and then and I think to me he's like the true success story from the DJ's perspective. Well also keeping his humility. I mean he's so humble. We're all big Mr. Power fans yes. and we're all friends of him now, you know, thanks to music it's united us and yo conozco a Mr. Power desde que lo entrevisté en los Latin Grammys like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that he is one of the most talented yet amazing as a human being, amazing as a DJ, amazing as a producer. And I really hope that more ears listen to his music. Amazing energy. 
talking about Latin Grammys. I've been fortunate enough to, to go to a few of them, and he's always the DJ. You know, during the ceremony, the after party at Hakkasan, that nightclub is known for having DJs like Tiesto, Aoki, and all these huge electronic artists you know and then you put mr power in there and he rocks that room and while like you go toto you go and he rocked the dj set because after we were done with the interview i mean he went all out there was lights there was like a projector (laughs) visuals there were visuals. I mean, he went all out. He took out. the production to the next level. Oh, sí. Yeah. Habían cámaras, yeah. diferentes ángulos de cámaras, or different camera angles. He went yeah. all out. I'm like, dude. Yeah. His background is also graphic design and the, the look and the style and the production of the way things look as well as the way they sound. So you put them together. He's a class act to talk with him in depth, you know, because at other interviews that I've done with him, they're like five, ten minutes. But to be able to talk with him for close to an hour... It's like, and really get in depth. And we talk about the vulnerability and the rawness and how open these artists are with us. It's like, that's a good one. So if you get a chance to check it out, once again, Mr. Power, Toto Gonzalez, uh, it's uh, episode number 24. Billy, which one is yours? What's your favorite episode? Now that I say it out loud, I'm like, people are going to think that this is the only episode I liked, but it's not. (laughs) I like them all. Pero my favorite episode was... Cultura Profetica. And the reason is because they're all my friends. But then again, that's not because of Buscabulla. You know, we're all friends anyways. But that interview was about two hours and change. So it's been our longest interview. But the reason was I felt like they were super open. They were super vulnerable. They were not holding anything back. Jack Daniels and Pili Raúl La Musica united them. They had not been together in a Zoom like that or or since COVID. So and I could feel the energy of the boys being like the brotherhood is together again. We're all together yeah. again and we're so happy and we can like shoot the shit between each other to you know make fun of each other in front of a hundred people because one that was one of the the episodes where we had most people. It felt very joyful. It felt very energetic. And this is one of the reasons that I, that, I, that I do what I do and we do what we do is because we want to support musicians that we feel do not have the normal media outlet support. We want to support those artists that when you turn on Univision Telemundo, you might not see there, but we recognize their talent and we recognize that they have a voice and that voice needs to be heard and we want to be the space for them to be heard. And Cultura Profetica is a ex- perfect example of one of those bands. They've been together for over 20 years. And now, this year, finally, they got their Latin Grammy and they got nominated for a Grammy. And it felt like they wanted to talk. They wanted to to share more about their the ups and downs of being a musician, being in a band, and being in a genre that a lot of Latinos don't listen to anymore, which is reggae. Right. I have to kind of do a tech talk before with them like to make sure they're all squared away with their equipment and how we're going to do the interview when i actually was talking with willie he's all like oh i don't know who's going to be able to be on and he's all like how long is this going to be you know he was like kind of like second guessing it like if it's going to be you know cool and you know i told him oh it'll be like 45 minutes you know and we ended up going for close to two hours. And they and didn't want to stop. Gone, they didn't want to stop. Exactly. They could have gone for two more hours because that was a great they, one. they realized how 
the connection was happening and it was the same connection that we're talking about that people were looking for fans and other you know uh, musicians they were looking for that same thing and to try to get together with their brothers and just like you said Billy I thought it was awesome they were really engaged with their fans yeah and you know I got texts from them afterwards saying like thank you we we hadn't felt this connected to each other or to our fans since COVID started yeah you know and that was like yeah that's that's awesome again that's why we do what we do and that's why Jack Daniel supports us too because Something really cool. I know my opinion is biased, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. It's about the space that we we give the artist their time to shine. It's not like mm-hmm. we're trying to be all like TMZ or Cheeseman. You know, it's just really about their story. And, you know, hear it because maybe these artists have been going for 20 years, 15 years, whatever it is. You know, a lot of the people that follow them might not know some of those stories from the way beginnings. So this gives them that opportunity to talk about it. And, you know, even they even kind of like surprise themselves. It's like, Oh yeah. Remember when we had to do that or remember when this happened to us, it just leads to another thing. And we always make it, not only do we make it sound like we're, we're, we're just family sitting around like a, a bar and talking and drinking. That's exactly what it is. It's like, it's just old friends and family just getting together and talking about music. We're giving them, we're giving them the, uh, you know, the space to talk. You know, to to Pili's, uh, uh point earlier, it's like a lot. You know, some of these artists may not be the the first ones that you see on on Telemundo or the the big you know uh, cable uh, channels or what have you. But some of these artists have been together for for years and years, and you know. Um, Unfortunately, you know, pop or mainstream, uh, you know, uh, media or music may dominate, you know, the, the Grammys and charts and what have you. But, you know, some of these artists are, you know, vital with, you know, some of the influences and impact that they've had, you know, whether it be in their own music genre or outside of their music genre. And just, you know, for Latinos in general or, or you know, universally, you know, the, some of the artists we talked about, you know, are, are traveling to Asia or Europe and are having, you know, as equal success and not more success in some of those countries than they do when they when they come here to the U.S. And another yeah. beautiful thing is like we have witnessed people that participate in our virtuals and they're like, I have no idea who this artist is. And at the at the end, they're like, "Oh my God, I'm a fan. I I love you now. I know your music. I'm gonna start following you." So, it's a win win situation. But I love it when people are like, "It's happened to us with with our famous Ricky Roquero." You know, he's always like, <laughs> "Shout out to Ricky." Shout out to Ricky Roquero. I had no idea who you were, but you know, as soon as I got the invite, I checked you out on Spotify, and now I'm a big fan. And this is my question. And then he like, yeah. says like everything, right. you know, but and he comes decked out in, in the costume, he wearing the gear, wearing the t shirt, wearing the wig, you know, those, those are the fans of the music. And we love it. We absolutely love it. And we love that they trust Jack Daniels and us to bring them calidad, you know, artistas latinos de calidad. Que yeah. tienen historia. Que tienen historia. You're right. Yep. Wow. Well, well, excited for, you know, obviously 2020 has been a horrific year. It was tough on so many different levels. And but, you know, we, we with the help of the music, like I said earlier, we look forward to 2021 and we have a lot of things planned. And I, I even Jack Daniels has something new coming. Right. 2020 has been definitely a, a, a tough year. Uh, it's been a lot of uh, learning 
uh, Jack Daniels. I mean, in 2020, we try to support, you know, our uh, bartenders who have been, you know, unemployed. We try to support our musicians, um, whatever we can to support, you know, the fans, the fans of Jack. 2021, we'll see a lot of the same. We're going to continue to do different programs uh, nationally, internationally to help, you know, those different sectors affected by, by COVID and the pandemic. Uh, there will be some, you know, some new stuff coming out, uh, this month, you know, we already, uh, launched a new flavor. So, uh, for some of you that are fans of Jack or have seen some of the episodes where I've talked about the single barrel line. So Jack Daniels, single barrel, uh, there's, there's three currently in the portfolio. There's, um, single barrel select, single barrel rye, and then single barrel barrel proof, which are a little bit more premium if you want to use the word um then you know the, the old number seven bottle what's just came out and i have yet to find i'm looking for it is jack daniels single barrel rye barrel proof which is a bit of a mouthful but uh wow so single barrel select <laughs> single barrel select is, is the same recipe as uh, as jack daniels but it comes from one single barrel right i talked about it rye same thing it, it comes from one single barrel Barrel proof uh, is another word for cask strength, which is used in the whiskey world. Um, that's, you know, whiskey is taken out of the barrel and whatever proof is in the barrel, that's what it's bottled and sold as. So, you know, normally, you know, spirits are cut with water to bring it down to like 90, 80 proof, what have you. Um, and the single barrel barrel proof is anywhere from 125 to 135 proof. So it's it's pretty potent. Wow. I didn't. I didn't even know you can go over a hundred. Yeah, well, it's barrel proof. <laughs> oh. Certain countries, certain countries, you cannot. Certain countries and states, you cannot. But uh, if you can find a bottle of barrel proof in your in your local market, then you can you can you should be able to find this soon. Uh, so rye is going to be a rye whiskey, but barrel proof, cask strength. Ooh, so it'll I be super spicy, one. super bold, um, but delicious nonetheless. Wow. 2020 was tough and we had some great guests come through, but 2021. Yes, I know. We were definitely lucky to, <laughs> to, to have amazing, super talented. And again, I always talk about, about being vulnerable because I think it's so important for us to bring you guys the real human side of these artists. And we've been very lucky to tap into that when we interview them during these virtuals. But in 2021, we have we're starting off with one of my favorite all-time bands. Our, I mean, our favorite, our yes, favorite. yours too. That's right, Ooh. Jose. Are you a big fan? Who is it again? Oh, uh, it's a little band called Bombay Stereo from Colombia. Yes, uh, yeah. love them. I know we're 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 kicking off 2021 con un super bang. We've been waiting. Con una bomba. Yes, con una bomba de verdad. We've been waiting to interview Bomba Stereo for a very long time. So um, we're kicking off 2021 with Bomba Stereo. So pendiente has those emails for the invite. Um, we also have Girl Ultra. We have a bunch of really cool and big names lined up for 2021. So I'm excited. I almost don't want to jinx them because, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be so special. Just because I've been big fans of some of these artists for... 20 years some even longer you know it's like i'm all like yeah these these are gonna be cool it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun definitely looking forward to 2021 but you know billy i love you because we've been able to harness this project this baby of ours that we didn't know what was gonna happen and and the fact that we've been able to do these interviews, you know, week after week, every couple of weeks, we release a new episode and we haven't missed, you know, it's like 
at first we were like, wow, are we going to be able to put put these out so regularly? Yeah, because you guys have to remember that like Raul has his own uh, career as a super famous DJ in LA and a DJ with KCRW for 20 years. Um, you know, Jose super busy with Jack Daniel, especially during COVID. You guys have been super uber busy. I have my own career. So it's like, okay, are we going to be able to juggle our careers plus this? And high fives, brother. Yes. High five. five. Virtual five. That we've been <laughs> five guys. To. Aye, aye. But See? Jose, and thank you. You know, we, we can't thank you and Jack Daniels enough. People like you, Valdemar, Micah, of Joey, course. Yeah. Joey. Micah, Joey. And, and just seeing the vision. You know, so we can't thank you enough. Again, I cannot stress how much I truly appreciate what you guys are doing. We have something truly unique here that um, doesn't exist anywhere else outside of this podcast. So um, I consider myself very grateful and fortunate enough to be here and be in the same space uh, as you guys. And looking forward to all the amazing things that 2021 has to bring. 100%. So are we so... Happy New Year's, everybody. Stay safe. Lean on music whenever you're in doubt. We absolutely love you, and we wish you all the very best for 2021. And we will see you guys on our next Jack Daniels Presenta Pili Raul Jose en la Musica yeah. Virtual. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully soon we can all be together and hugging and being, you know, in the same room. And dancing room. and sweating. Dancing, sweating. And cheering. Just and cheering. having a good time. So looking forward to that. Salud, everybody. Salud. Happy New, Happy New Year's. Cheers, guys. Gracias for checking out our podcast. Hey, and special thanks to Ulises El Licenciado Lozano for our amazing theme song. Our mix and recording engineer, Mario Diaz. Our artistic director, Dak. And can't forget about our sponsors, Pili. No, Raul, United Airlines, Sure Microphones, and Jack Daniels, gracias for supporting La Musica Latina. And for more information and other episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast at Pili, Raul, and La Musica. Hey, make sure to tell your tía, abuelo, primas, everybody to subscribe. A todos. <laughs>